National Fire Radio. National Fire Radio presents. I wish my head could forget what my eyes have seen. Ten years ago, the groundbreaking firefighting movie Burned took audiences closer than they'd ever been. Into the fires and into the lives of the men who fight them. Ten years in the making, the long-awaited follow-up is finally here. The workload has increased and manpower has decreased. Burn X explores stories and characters you've never seen before and continues the journey for many of the Detroit firefighters you met in the first film. Fire Class 2019. Order your two-disc ultimate edition of Burn X on DVD and Blu-ray at burnstore.com or get it for streaming and download on iTunes, Apple TV, Amazon, Google Play, and Voodoo. What is a man's worth that doesn't make the world a better place? Taylor's Tins, one of the best there is. A good friend of ours and supporter of National Fire Radio. He comes up first in a lineup of sponsors because he means that much to me. Taylor's been with us from day one. I hit him up on day one and said, brother, I love your shield. I love what it represents. I'd like to give them out to all of our podcast guests. And from day one, almost five years ago, we've been issuing Taylor's Tins to all of our guests as a keepsake and recognition for their willingness to share some time and their story with us in our community at National Fire Radio. These aluminum helmet fronts, they change the market. They're revolutionary in what they do. Even if you're a traditionalist with the leather shield, the aluminum shield offers so much when it comes to durability, cleanliness, decon. They can do it all with the aluminum shield. Their customer service, let's talk about that for a minute, where things usually take several weeks now to get your hands on them from the from conception to manufacturing process and out the door and onto your helmet. Taylor can turn around orders within 48 hours, whether it's a 500-piece shield order for your department or a one-off customized shield. Taylor's doing them, and he's doing them within 48 hours, and they're getting out the door. It's not just the helmet shields. Nope, there's more. They got locker tags, carbon monoxide meter, you know, data sheets. They have pump data sheets, pump tags, locker tags, street signs, banquet gifts. You name it, the list goes on and on. Check them out at taylorstins.com. That's where they conduct business. You can hit them up on the chat right there. They walk you through the process of designing your custom Taylor's Tin from the website. So go to taylorstins.com, check them out. They represent the very best of what the American Fire Service is all about, and I'm proud to have them as a sponsor of the National Fire Radio platform. And in the words of Taylor and his crew, stop burning up leather. Hey, everybody. Jeremy, National Fire Radio, back with my friend and partner. Wow, that sounds weird this day and age, but not really my partner, but my partner in National Fire Radio and not in life, Robert Ridley. (laughs) What? These these introductions are getting better every time we do this. I like you. We're breaking I, barriers. I, I love lo- it. Listen, brother, I love you. I truly do. I've, I've, you, you are, uh, you are truly dear to me. But uh, life partner, you could never be. I would probably smother you within the first three hours. I'd just tell you to roll over, but you know. Well, that too. I get it, and that's what my wife does. I woke up the other night. Terry was hovering over me with a pillow, so. I, uh, <laughs> she's trying to wipe me out. So I get it. I don't blame her, but they're down now because you snore. Wow. She's sick as a dog. So I don't even want to sleep in that. Uh, yeah. She's got, I think the flu is, is running through the house. So 
And uh, so I can't wait to get that in the next few days. But anyway, listen, man, the podcasts have been jamming along. We've been doing episodes every single day, putting out new ones, getting incredible feedback on the content and what's being talked about. Uh, a lot of fun, man. And uh, But I love doing this with you. You and I always get a good rip going and uh, we pick a topic and you and I just go after it for a few minutes. And, uh, and that's what we're going to do tonight, man. I wanted to grab another episode together and uh, I'm trying to do at least one a week, if not two a week with you and I, and um, you're just a popular guy, man, trying to narrow you down, get you, uh, get you to chat with me. Yeah. No, I, it's uh, your schedule is the one that I'm always chasing after. So it's ridiculous. So let's talk about it real quick before we go, because people people might pay attention to this. What have you been working on for National Fire Radio, Rob? I have been working on the online store. My and man, some uh, awesome products out there and some merch for everybody to uh, support the channel with. Merch. You're such an insider now. You got like the you've been working on the new online store. Uh, everything from jock straps to uh, kitchen strainers. You can get it all now with our logos on it, thanks to Rob Ridley. Well yeah. done. And and it's called merch. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I got the uh, I ordered myself the Tiller Time uh, iPhone cover, and I got to say, this thing's pretty sick. Oh, that's cool. Did you get me one? Christmas is right around the corner, <laughs> sweetheart. So stocking stuffers. <laughs> So for you, yes. the listener who's paying attention, please go to nationalfireradio.com and order your kitchen strainer today. Anyway, Rob, thank you for working on that because that is the unglorious stuff that we do. And uh, and to be honest, I mean, we don't have a tremendous amount of revenue streams coming in, so any support we do get through the store goes right back into uh, making our show bigger and better. And so we do appreciate the support. And as much as we're joking around, uh, we do absolutely appreciate the support. And now you can go and order many different things, sweatshirts, hats, t-shirts, iPhone covers, you name it. And uh, we're just putting some of our logos and brands on them. And uh, we appreciate the support. No force, no pressure. But if you're in, if you're interested, please check it out. Nationalfireradio.com. Rob's been working on the merch. I'm, I'm really excited to get Jason, uh, to have one of our uh, Tiller Time mugs to, to enjoy some of his uh, coffee out of. So. Ah, there you go. Absolutely. We'll have to send him, uh, we'll send him a six-pack of mugs for him and the crew down there for sure. So I love it. Well, Rob, thank you for working on the non-glorious stuff and the housekeeping stuff of National Fire Radio And uh, because, uh, well, I need you, and you do a lot of good stuff, and I appreciate you. But let's hop into a topic tonight. Uh, we're a couple minutes in. Let's hop right into a topic, and we tonight – we're going to talk about communication between the generational gap. What do you think of that topic? It's a big one, but I'm. Uh, I think it's 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 uh, from 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 the start we've been talking about it. So this is going to be a yeah. Well, yeah. so roll into it, right? I mean, you're the one that kind of approached me with the topic tonight and was like, "Hey, why don't we talk about this?" Right? You know, an older guy who's who's struggling in the volunteer firehouse and and having a hard time finding his way of communicating and it's, it's kind of pushing him out after so many years within the firehouse. No. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's totally, you know, a, a communication issue of trying to, to, to get a, get a message across to the younger generation while not trying to sound like the, you know, I don't want to say the crotchety old man, but the old, old timer who's just complaining and really it comes down to, you know, just not effectively getting the message out when 
you know, it, it, they're everybody's everybody's there for the same reason. And I think that's the uh, like the knowing both sides too. Sometimes you, you know that everybody's worried about the other guy, which is kind of unique about it. You know. So I, I got a I got a question then because this is where I struggle with this conversation a little bit. But I I also have I mean struggle is a is a loaded word um, because I'm wondering why it's any different today than it was yesterday or five years ago, or 10 years ago. There's always been generational gaps within the firehouse. Why is it a big deal today? Why all of a sudden now are we struggling between the communication between the generation coming in and the generation that's been and the generation that's trending outward? Why is it so complicated today when it wasn't in the past? You know, I... I I think the I'm not putting you on the spot. You might not have the answer for that. I'm I'm not, I don't want you to feel like I'm putting you on the spot. I I think it's a a couple of things. I think one, you know, the lack of conflict that is, and I, and when I say conflict, I mean, healthy conflict that is not being taught in schools or to our younger generation. And even that's kind of getting pushed out of the workplace. You know, I mean, you, you talk about it, um, you know, you you've referenced this incident a couple times from your past when you were a kid and you were, you know, running your mouth and you got kind of, and I don't know if you necessarily got laid out, but you definitely got, I got knocked hit. the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, you came, you came home and your dad was like, yeah, you know, and how you kind of owed that guy. Uh, and you later on at the reunion and stuff like that, thanked him for, for, yeah. for actually, out. I actually just talked about that story tonight on a podcast. So go ahead. And we, you know, well, like we don't want to talk about violence because it's a bad thing. Like we, it's, it was a conflict and it happened and we, it's, it just seems to me that we're trying to get away from actual conflict uh, communication anymore, you know, and if you disagree, that's a bad thing, you know, and, it, and, and I think this is really kind of rolling into the firehouse, you know, and what we're seeing. So like, it, if we don't have that conflict and we don't know about healthy conflict, it's going to be an issue. And it, and it is an issue because I don't think people know how to have the conversation and say, Jeremy, I'm really upset with you. This is what you did, or this is what I saw, you know, and then, you know, I, I say my piece and then you come back and be like, well, Rob, this is what happened. And this is what I was doing. Yeah. But why is it and generational? Then, I mean, that's happening with guys of their own age. I, I don't know. Okay. No, so so I'm I'm making I'm making notes as you're as you're talking, I'm starting to write some things down and I'm starting to really wrap my brain around the topic too as we as we go down this trail here and and I'm I'm wondering if it's too maybe it's a mindset thing and that's where conflict arises, right? Is like new is uh new aggressive finding their way, thinking they're entitled to more, doing more earlier on. The older generation is looking at protecting the ways it was. They only knew their way. They don't understand the new way. And so there's this black on one side, white on the other, gray in the middle. And we have to be able to bridge that gap between the older guys that are protecting the sanctity of what they know and the newer generation that doesn't want to wait their turn take their time and and find their way to get there because times are different. We're promoting guys up the line quicker. Guys are moving into senior seats more quicker. You know, less fires, more responsibility, less manpower, higher call volume. Like, it all makes sense, right? But, like, you're we're, we're pushing 
the, the younger generation has a, a, a faster, quicker, more immediate approach to everything today. They might lack a little bit on the patient side. But then on the other side, the older generation is being very protective of their, the sanctity of what they've known for 30, 40, 50 years. They don't understand the immediacy and the quickness and the difference in response procedures because typically those guys aren't really riding anymore. Maybe they're more the backs, the back row crew in the volunteer firehouse, right? Because a lot of this truly has to do with the volunteer service only because the guys that are aging in their 30s, 40, 50 years in that are dedicated to their local fire hall, their local fire station, community, et cetera, right? So- like there is that conflict struggle between the two gaps and there's that gap in the middle or that two age groups and the gap in the middle and it's finding that common ground. So I think maybe that is where the conversation is getting lost. Yeah. And as you were saying that, I think of this graduation I went to a couple of years back and uh, there was a chief, it was like a deputy from Syracuse, and he had a he during like this keynote for the graduating class. He had this picture of uh, of guys on the roof of the carrier dome. It was on Facebook, and he he uh, admonished them. He was like, "Oh, this is very bad. Like you know, like they're they shouldn't be putting this out there." And there's nothing like you know, essentially making it into a negative thing. And I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, "All right, so the." This is a crew that's actually motivated. They're out doing training They're on the roof of the carrier dome doing tech rescue stuff. And they're in a group shot. Their arms are around each other. They're smiling. Like, this is an effective team. Like, I, and I, you know, it was just this complete different perspective of looking at this moment in time. And, like, I, I, was, I, I really observed it as this, like, this positive thing. Whereas this, you know, deputy who had so many years on the job was like, this isn't how we do things. You know, we don't, we don't do this. And I think that the younger generation, like the, you know, that all the information can come so fast now versus any, any alluded to it of how, you know, even back then, like they had fire, like he talked about firehouse magazine in the keynote and how you had to wait for the articles to come out to learn stuff. Um, so it's just, yeah, I think it's a, it's a, uh, it's not a struggle, it's a challenge of, of trying to put this all together, but it's happening at a faster pace for, yeah. for the younger men for sure. Yeah, but I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you too. I'm gonna I'm gonna play both sides of this, right? We could we could take it from the side of the younger people and take it from the side of the older people, right? And and I don't wanna say young versus old because it's all over the place, man. And there there right. are there are exceptions on both sides. There are patient young people, there's impatient older people. There you know what I mean? Like so it, it's not a it's not an age group thing, right? But what it what it comes down to though is two groups of people within the fire firehouse that are trying to protect the sanctity of the firehouse, but they do it in their terms. So it's, yeah. it's what makes sense to each generation is how they approach it. And so we need to, we need to dissect that and unpack that a little bit to truly understand what each group needs. And then when you break down what the needs and the responses are from each group, you then can find commonality between the two, and that's how we bridge that communication gap between young and old. I couldn't have said that any better myself. 
I'm trying really, I'm, I'm trying really hard tonight, Rob, really hard. But I, I think it's an interesting conversation because I remember when we were in Texas and we were doing a roundtable during a Joey D, and uh, we had incredible guests up on the stage. I'm working a crowd, you're working a crowd, right? We're we're doing our thing, and the conversation about patience came up, and I said, you know, that um, it with patience comes the young guys needing to have patience as well, right? There was a young guy in the crowd raised his hand, started talking about some things, and it came down to the more senior guys in the department, and he said that they're not patient. You know, that they they're, they lose patience with the young guys. They they don't give them, you know, they don't give them the time that they need, and they don't give them the tutoring they need because they just throw their arms up in the air and walk out of the room or whatever, you know, because they're frustrated because they don't know how to communicate. And the way the information's being received by these younger guys is not how it would have been received when these guys were younger, you know, 30 years prior, right? So, like, so there's that disconnect. And so they're talking about patience. And then when when the conversation kind of lulled, I hopped in there and I said, hang on a second. I said, we need to look at patience the other way, too, right? If, if the younger generation is expecting the older generation of the firehouse to have patience with them, meaning like you can't have a short fuse with us because we're asking questions. If we're asking why, it's because we're intrigued. We want to know. We're inquiring, right? There's a way to ask why without being an asshole. Sometimes you ask why because you're being an asshole. Other times you're at, most of the time I think we're asking why, and especially younger people are asking the question why. It's because they are truly interested in knowing how we got to a conclusion. Why do we do it this way? I don't think it's detrimental. I think what we have to do is the fellas that have that information need to be more patient and be willing to work with the younger generation to say, like, this is why we do this. I really didn't have to tell you, but since you asked, I'll tell you. I wish you would just believe me sometimes that we do things for a reason and that I don't have to explain everything. But if you do, have some patience and explain. But on the other end of things, the younger generation certainly needs to have patience with the older guys and understand that they've been there. They've put their time in. They've put blood, sweat, and tears into the company, the department, the apparatus, on the asphalt, up in the upper floors of a walk-up, to go into fires, like you name it. These guys have done it, and they've been doing it for years, long before you got there. And there needs to be patience with them, too, because they're allowed to be a little crusty. They're allowed. There needs, they're, go ahead. No, I, I think they're, and they're also in the middle of that, you know, and you talk about that gray, there needs to be some honesty. And the, I think the younger generation hammers the why sometimes because they're curious and they want to know. And there's sometimes where maybe the senior members don't have the answer. And then they, yes. like, they celebrate it like assholes. Like they're like, oh, you don't know, Jeremy. And it's like, hey, like, but if, if they're saying they don't know and they're admitting that, then like that's that's that opening for the discussion. That's that opening for for, you know, figuring out, the, you know, figuring out the unknown together. And like oftentimes, like that's where it's almost like at that point, they're like, all right, cool. We've, we've gained ground. Let's dig a trench and we'll, we'll we'll continue this from here. When in reality, like we don't need to be fighting each other. <laughs> <laughs> on that level, you know? No, it's a really good point, Rob. I'm actually writing it down. Well done, sir. Uh, I said sometimes they don't know. Sometimes they don't have all the answers. Figuring it out together 
is or figuring out the unknown together. That's a that's a really good point. And and I think what's fun about that too is there's plenty of things we do in the fire service that nobody knows why we do it, but that's the way we've always done it. And if it's not detrimental, right? If it's not, uh, it doesn't affect your activities, your firefighting, your operations, your tactics, whatever. Maybe it does, but nobody knows where it came from. But if it works, there's no reason to question it. And when somebody does question, if you don't know, go find out. Ask the question yourself. Like I, I'm finding as I get older, I like to be more inquisitive myself. You know, I like to say like, well, why is that? Like what? Okay. Like you're upset about this. Why? Like, let's talk about this. Let's figure it out. Let's ask questions. Like, I don't think asking questions is bad. I think when asking questions becomes bad is the people that are responsible for answering the question. There's two ways to handle it. One, I don't know, or I know, right? Two, is, I don't know, but it's, don't worry about it. It's not your business. And, and, you know, you don't need to know that. And they move on. Why? Because they're being protective of themselves because they don't know when they feel they're supposed to. And so they're insecure with who they are in their position and they're not comfortable or confident in the, in the seat or position they're in. And therefore they can't offer any type of resolution to the question. So they shut down. Right. Classic deflection. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what do we do, Rob? I mean, how do we, okay, let's, let's look at the volunteer fire service. You grew up in a volunteer firehouse. I grew up in a volunteer firehouse, right? So what do we do? Because regardless of who you are, what age level you are, the guy with 60 years that still comes to the firehouse on the, on the Wednesday evening for drill or the monthly meeting, the first Monday of the month, whatever your schedule is. And that guy still shows up. He does certainly still bring value to the family. Yes. Talk about that. Like what like the the value, Rob? Like why do we need people like that in our organization if they're if they're only coming out twice a month or three times a month and letting us know what he thinks? We we need them because they are a visual representation first and foremost, but they're actually like it's tangible of what was laid out before us so that we can be there today. So like when I, you know, when, when we have the older members show up, even at, even at, at work, when the retirees show up, um, I always want to entertain them with that cup of coffee and a story because I am not able to be in my position currently without them there. And then the second thing is like, there's, there's going to be a moment in time where we're going to need them. You know, like we can look back to, you know, history and, you know, who did emperors and leaders always had counsel, right? And it was always senior people. Like at some point, we need to look at the older members for counsel to, you know, and it doesn't have to be about the firehouse. It could just be something like, hey, like, you know, I'm, I'm having issues at home or it could be, you know, guys want to do X, Y, Z. And I think the department's going in a wrong direction. Have you ever had a situation like this and how'd you handle it? Um, because that's, that's getting that counsel and that's get that's, that's life experience. You know, it, it might not be the answer you're looking for, but it, it provides a, a window of opportunity for you to learn something. And it also reinforces for the older member who, you know, their, their value is still there. Their worth is still there. Yes. And they're a part of the conversation because I think one of the things that I've noticed, especially in talking with my friend the other day is that there are, almost pushing them out of the conversation because they're not, they're not 
I don't say they're not utilizing them correctly, but they're not utilizing them correctly in that council. So when he's frustrated because you know he's walked that path and he's set the foundation for them to all build their themselves up on, you know they're just kind of ignoring them. Or when they're having issues and he's like, hey, like this is a way to handle it. You know, it's just a, I don't know if it's a prejudice in their mind all of a sudden or a bias, but like, you know, it's it's just it's it's not gonna. There's no positive that can come from that. But whereas if you approach them. You bring them into the fold. Now everybody's got that. You know that they they have their place. You know I I, I think of like recasting almost. You know and 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 how we have to kind of recast our members over the years. But like that's that's a great way to keep them there and and to still um still still get every last prop out of them because when they're gone, they're gone forever, and there won't be that phone call to be made or you know, that knock on the door to say, hey, how did you do this? Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's just. Uh... Yeah, I I mean, I, I agree with on all fronts. And I, I think to like the two words that you hit are value and worth, right? Like they're there. They're it is for me. It's twofold with with the older guys. Right. It It's uh, they bring incredible value and worth to the organization, to the individuals with their storytelling and experiences and and just life experiences. When they went through life, it was a lot different of a time. And it just makes for a really interesting story that if you enjoy people or conversation, just spending a little bit of time with those guys goes a very long way. And then value and worth on their end. They fucking need it. They They need the interaction. They're coming back to the firehouse knowing that they don't bring anything uh, to the table that is actively working anymore, meaning they can't go to fires anymore, they can't do the, the communication, like they can't do anything anymore. So all they have are their memories and the camaraderie. How dare we rob them of that? And, and frankly, like when you see an older member within your department you know what? Pull up a chair and just say hello. Have a conversation. Ask them what it was like. Let them talk a little bit. Let them relive their days. Because I'll tell you this: even as a younger guy, you walk in the you walk in somewhere and people just shove you aside, and you don't feel any value or worth. You don't go back. How and and you get upset, right? You get upset that people don't treat you well. You you, you get dismissed. Like, nobody likes to be dismissed, whether you're young or old. And we owe it to the guys that have come before us to give them an ear. We owe it to sit across from them at the table or at the bar and listen to a story. We owe it to them. We owe it to them to know their names. We owe it to them to know what position they climb to in the department. And if you don't like that, then you don't fucking like culture and tradition. And culture and tradition is what fuels our fire companies. It, the fire service is one of the longest standing professions in the world. How, how, how do we not want to know where we came from? What's that saying, Rob? If you don't know where you came from, you don't know where you're going. We can't right. dismiss the people that have done things before us. Take and, it for, and, mm-hmm. and you owe it to yourself to have that conversation with them because, you know, like, saying that, you know, you're, you're going to lose out on a lesson or you're not going to, you know, understand the perspective is just not doing it justice. And I think that like, I, I read a lot of military history books uh, and I've, I've gotten into a lot of the ones from 
from Vietnam. My uncle Paul was in Vietnam and like, um, it, it's a lot of the books that I read, they have typically the author has a father who was in combat in either Korea or, or World War II. And they have that conversation with their son before they go off to war. And they experience the combat, they experience the event, and they come back and they typically in the book reflect back to like, yeah, thank, thank God dad told me that. Or, you know, and, and they, they just, there's that click, they understand, right? So that's that, that part of you owe it to yourself because you owe it to yourself to get, get that knowledge, to get that experience from them. Because it's just, it, I mean, like I said, if you if you don't know where you came from, you you know you don't know where you're going. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's all of it, right? And and not only that, but what is so detrimental between finding common ground? Like, I, I just don't understand a little bit of patience and understanding that you guys are cut from two different cloths, young and old. Find the fucking common ground. Like, literally, just figure it out because you need to. It doesn't work when you got guys on two sides of the room and nobody's willing to throw an olive branch or nobody's willing to extend a hand, and especially in a place like a firehouse where we're all supposed to be brothers and sisters. Are you kidding me? Come on. And and I think when it comes to the communication aspect of it, and you're, I don't want to say you're you're dealing with, because it doesn't matter if you're, you know, what side of the coin you're on. Um, I think the simple, the simple ability for us as, you know, human beings to say, Jeremy, I don't understand where you're coming from. Can you try to say it a different way? Or what do you think I'm missing that I'm not hearing from you? Because typically, like, you know, and and I know this for myself, like when I've done that in the past, you know, unless the person's like just being a jerk, which then you, you kind of figure that out. But typically they, they're like, wait a second, you know, it, it not to throw them off to throw them off, but they're going, okay, hold on. Like he's actually saying something that makes sense here. He doesn't, he doesn't get what I'm saying. He's telling me that he doesn't understand. So, you know, and it provides the opportunity to kind of figure out where they're coming from. Because I think, you know, when we go out and handle these emergencies, we're, we're always, or at least I was always taught to have empathy with the people that were helping. You know, put yourself in their shoes, you know, and I didn't think like Mo Davis talks about that woman with the busted up pipe who made them, you know, hood juice all the time after they, they went and fixed her, her water pipe because it, you know, froze. And it, it took them 25 minutes and a couple bucks out of the uh, their pockets to fix this water pipe, but they had empathy for her and they, they took care of her. Well, have empathy for the people that were, were communicating with her, were having an issue with because, you know, you, you're always going to win. And, and if they can't recognize that, they're either too hot and they have to cool down or, you know, maybe, maybe then we figure out who the problem is. Well, that's it. Right. I agree. I agree. So listen, at the end of the day, to summarize all this, man, figure it out, bridge that gap, be the one, be the leader, be the guy that's out front, be the guy to figure out how to make it work. Have some patience appreciate those that have done the work before you've been there. And as much as you think, if you got a couple of years in the firehouse and as much as you think that you're there all the time, you go to every call, you're at every drill, you're training, you spend your nights in the firehouse, you are so committed to the fire company and how wonderful you are. 
That doesn't entitle you to a single thing more than the next guy. And don't lose sight of that because what happens is this entitlement creeps in and all of a sudden you think you own the fucking place and you've been there for a hot minute. Meanwhile, you got a guy with 40 years that did that times 10 on top of raising a family in hard times, working a job and so on and without the creature comforts of today. So have a little respect have a little respect, and believe me, I promise you, as much as you think you've brought value and you work so hard for your fire department or your fire company, those that came before you did also, because if they're still hanging out 40 years later, they were dedicated 40 years earlier. Oh, yeah. I'm, uh, oh, I'm looking at uh, something that was given to me as a guest for being on a podcast, and it's the... Uh, it's the uh, it was from Steve Revere, um, and it's the the kids book, the bravest of all. And it's about that older. I don't know if you've ever no, but it's essentially the uh, you know it's the old time firefighter who has the old old Sanford you know fire engine and stuff, and the, you know the young guys are all on the, the bright and shiny new engines, and and they uh, you know give them a hard time, and they, they go out to a you know a fire wherever it is, and then he's back at the station all by himself and there's a, a house fire that comes in and he goes in and takes care of it. And the little girl comes in and, and, uh, and thanks him afterwards. And the, and the young guys are like, well, what did you do? And, you know, she goes, well, he's the bravest one of them all. And, you know, it, it's, it's that, that aspect of it, that these guys, they, they carry themselves. And like I said, we, we got a gap. We got to, we got to talk to them and then yeah. just have the courage, have the conversation with them. It goes a long way, man goes a very long way you know you you pull an old guy aside you have a conversation with you ask him how his day is going ask him ask him about the old uh 52 aaron's fox that's in the that's in the the high shine bay that that from yesterday or that 1920 like us right my department's got a 27 seagrave ask one of those old guys about what it was like to go to a fire in the 46 gi or going to a fire in a 67 C grave during a snowstorm, downshifting and blowing flames out the exhaust pipe, right? Like, those are things that are stories that only typically come out when prompted. Prompt. Ask for a story. Sit down and ask one of those old guys to tell you something about when they were a fireman, and I promise you, you'll get value out of it. And I promise you, what you did for them is much more rewarding than you know. Because they go home that night knowing that their story still matters, their experiences still mattered, and they get more out of it than you could ever. So you know what? Ask a brother to tell you a story, and I promise you the reward is worth it. So bridge and, that bridge that gap, man. Bridge the gap. And and, and the other thing is if, 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 if these older members are showing up at the scenes of fires or if you're getting back to the station and they're there after you have a job, Look in their faces, like look at their faces because you will see, and you know you you will see a look of concern because, and that's always been the telltale sign for me of of, of who these like I I look back to my career starting in Youngsville and all the way up through until now, you know with with Mr. Kaler, they are legitimately concerned about us, so we owe it to to them, to uh, you know to 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 give the same thing back because when, when we come back from that alarm, first words usually out of their mouth is everybody. Okay. And, uh, that just, you know, and it's, it's not just a, 
they're not checking a box. They, they, they legitimately have our best interests at heart. Word. It was good, man. It's a good topic. I, I think, um, you know, I, t- I talked about uh, doing a class on this and uh, I've been putting notes together and slides and kind of have like a rough rough copy. That's why maybe I'm, I sound a little more polished than uh, usual when it comes to my ideas because I've had time to really put some ideas together on this topic um, and so on. And I think that, uh, you know, this is something that needs to be talked about on a grander scale. And uh, there's just so much to it, man. We can't lose sight of it. Like, this is supposed to be fun. If we're not having fun, we're doing something wrong. So we all got into the fire service because we wanted to. We chose to. Whether career volunteer, we chose to be here. Might as well have some fun while we're here. Yes. Because this is the most fun we're going to have with all our clothes on. Well, we're... (laughs) All right. (laughs) Well, Robert, on that note, um, good topic, man. I appreciate it. I love diving into things like this with you and, uh, and so on. So, uh, what else you got anything else for me or are we wrapping? Um, I just, uh, I got to brag on my, uh, I got to brag on my crew real quick. Uh, Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, we had, uh, we had an older gentleman who was retired off of one of the jobs, uh, to the South of us. And, um, you know, he got a little confused getting to his, uh, son's house and we uh we had him hang out with us at the firehouse for uh for a couple minutes and it goes into this conversation about the older generation he he had a little hard time remembering some of the details but the guys were good and they engaged him at the table and this guy told us some amazing stories of awesome the fire service and we we fed him coffee cake and got him coffee and uh and it was awesome to have him just relive the experiences that he could remember and like i am forever thankful for that moment and i'm super proud of my guys for for doing that because like you know and at one point i took a picture of him and sent it to his uh one kid who was on the job and i said hey we got your dad he's all he's okay he's just waiting for your brother but the smile that was on this guy's face i said he's telling us stories of the uh of the war years and it's it's amazing the younger guys are eating it up and uh they they work right with them and um it was awesome so that's cool. I love it, and and not only that, but like I said before, man, if that if that guy remembers, that was probably one of the best days he's had in a very long time. Sitting at the kitchen table in a firehouse and telling some stories, eating coffee cake and drinking shitty coffee. I mean, that's amazing, right? So, I mean, think about what you did for him, what it did for you and your guys. Think about what it did for him on the day before Thanksgiving. It's wild. So, I love that, man. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That was really cool. So, good. We're going to wrap, man. 35 minutes in. Let's get out of here. Guys, thanks for tuning in. Another episode of National Fire Radio. Jeremy and Rob. See? It's almost like we practiced that, brother. Almost five years of doing this. Not bad. One take. Everybody knows the rules. That's it, man. That's it. One take. Everyone knows the rules. Just like Portnoy with the pizza reviews, we're doing... Any type of audio or video we do, one take, everyone knows the rules, and uh, and then we move on. And if we don't nail it, it goes to the blooper reel, which we have more blooper reel than actual good content, and so it's just a fact of life. Thanks for tuning in. Another episode of the National Fire Radio Podcast. Take this conversation, take it to the kitchen table, talk about it, because as we talk about the job, we're making the job better. Rob, thanks for joining me, pal. Appreciate you. Love you. I'll talk with you tomorrow and everyone else. Thanks for tuning in for another episode, and we'll see you at the next one. Jeremy, National Fire Radio.